podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Anfield Rap Radio City Talk. Neil Atkinson, Ian Ryan, Alison McGovern and Rob Gutman in front of me. That's left to right, ladies and gentlemen, just in case you want to know how plays, uh, shape it up, patterns of play and all that sort of thing as we wear on. Coming up, Sean Rogers to talk about Liverpool versus Burnley. Uh, John Gibbons and Josh Sexton too in a school. Absolute scenes there. Uh, fantastic on-the-road content from the Anfield Rap. Coming to you about Liverpool's projects out in the community, which we're overjoyed to do, by the way. I'm absolutely made up. We've got this on this show for you uh, right now. But before then, we've asked for an opening question. Old style. Uh, two of them really back to back because one of them is very straightforward. Alex Pagan asks this. All this talk about Oxlade Chamberlain. Uh, would you sign him? He says, Where would you think he fits in our squad and who would you move out? I won't move anyone else. I just buy a good player. That's my position. Ian Ryan. Uh, I would definitely take him. I think he'd be brilliant on the Klopp. Um, and in terms of where you play him, he's one of those players who can probably play in most of those positions in the front six. You could put him in centre mid, or you could put him in a three uh, in, in, in terms of in front of those midfielders, or you could put him out wide. So, yes. Yes. Alison? Yes, I would. More good players good, fewer bad. So, therefore, sign him. <laughs> yes, I have those sentiments. I, I like the ox. And do you know what? Do you know, what, do you know why I wouldn't sign him? Because people call him the ox. Yeah. I know. We wouldn't have to though There's no contractual obligation I'd solidly call him Oxlade Chamberlain Solidly (laughs) The Laid Um, The Laid No he doesn't People don't need nicknames (laughs) Their name is fine fine. His aristocratic nickname of Oxlade Chamberlain What is this with like compulsion on like nicknames What about just their name Like I never felt the need for Jabulonzo to have like a nickname It's just Jabulonzo That's fine This city can nickname a plug A light switch Everything gets nicknamed here, or at least uh, contracted, or yeah, it's, adios, po- it's possible. Or it's possible. It's not necessary. Oxio Chamberlainio <laughs> from <laughs> Liverpool. Um, yeah, he's great. Um, and you know, Alio McGovern, <laughs> Macca, Ali Macca. You must be. Have you called Ali Macca ever? From All here the time. Oh, good. Um, Oxley Chamberlain surprisingly was. Well, it surprised me that he's only twenty-three. Twenty-three is the golden age to be signing anyone. I, I broadly agree with that. That's just fine. find twenty-three-year-olds and honestly them. get them on all the street. in. Uh, the only concern would be the injuries. That's the only concern. With but if he's coming to Liverpool, he's going to get injured because they all do. Well, we're going to come on to that in a minute as part of the actual show, which is excellent. Um, strong segue, and I almost regret doing the next one now. But we're going to Martin Evans' best goal you have missed because you were at the bar or in the toilet, etc. Uh, Rob Gutman, how many of them? Just far too many to actually name to one that could stand out. I almost got to a point where I thought I'm going to I'm going to go to the toilet to tempt fate to get to get us that that equaliser, that core goal that we need. Yeah, I've done that. I've gone to the toilet on the, on behalf of the team. Excellent stuff. So, is, is the one I, I can't particular? name one. No, no, no. Let's, let's, too many. Let's, of them. let's say the, the, what's the best goal we've ever, most important goal we've scored. I will have missed that because I've been in the toilet. Okay, uh, Ali. Um, so I'm a rare goal misser. Basically, I'm pretty much nailed to my seat. But in the 2001 League Cup win at the beginning of the Mickey Mouse treble season, we were like caught in this like monster traffic because of it being the first one at Cardiff and no one really knew how to do it and the police were very confused so we like caught in this monster traffic and I literally got to my seat and I can see it happening now as like Robbie Fowler scores like just like literally bangs it in as I sat down which is like it possibly like despite the fact of having to live with my dad shouting and screaming in that car 
and banging the steering wheel with his fist as we were late. Like, it was so worth it to get in right at the moment when the first goal went in. I once missed uh, the opening goal of a Michael Owen treble being kept outside uh, for reasons of being marched to Main Road in similar circumstances because obviously you had to be surrounded by 73,000 policemen yeah. in order to walk to Main Road back then. Um, and so obviously they, they had no interest in getting you in the ground in a timely fashion, these people, uh, none whatsoever. And I remember getting in there and being told, oh, it's 1-0, uh, we've scored one. Uh, oh, great, excellent, I'm only eight minutes late. Uh, Ian? Uh, Ali reminded me that I also missed that goal as well, uh, but I didn't. I didn't get in just on time. I completely missed it. And other than that, the one that springs to mind, I almost missed one Aldams last week. Uh, call of nature. I ran down and ran back up just as it was hitting the back of the net. Ninety first minute. That's some serious call of nature, that Ian. I've been waiting for about thirty minutes. I so you had, had the go. longest second half. I had, had to and, go. And, and and did you come back in afterwards? Yeah, I ran downstairs and ran back up again because I could hear the crowd getting excited. So. Uh, yeah, sort of hit the net, but didn't really see any of the build-up until I got back later. It was, it was a great build-up as well. It was glorious. I, I, I've, got this, I've got this image of you, you were urinating for the entire length of time. Adam Milano was on the ball. <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what has always confused me? Is, is I'm very familiar with the, vo- the volume that you hear when you're down in the bowels of a stadium when a goal's gone in whilst you're in the toilet. I'm wondering, is it for you or is it against you? <laughs> At home, usually I'm with you. I can tell. You can tell. There are a massive roar of the ground shaking. Oh, that's brilliant news. <laughs> as you're finishing on the toilet. Um, there is a distant rumble of, of you know, of joy. Oh, no, it's the aways. But when you're in an away ground, you've got you, no idea. You yeah, don't the, know yeah, what's going on. Yeah. Ooh, and the, the tantalising nightmare walk twenty yards up those steps to your seat to find out. Okay, um, let's have a chat about the football, which is something that, that our lessons actually pertain to a little bit. Something I wanted to say because uh, Liverpool haven't won back-to-back games since 2016. Literally, it was a year ago. It wasn't a year ago, obviously, but it was uh, it was a previous year. An opportunity, and we've all been so th- through so much since then. An opportunity to do that this weekend uh, and the question isn't will Liverpool do it I'm not getting into any of that stuff because we're obviously going to be Burnley and I'm going to be furious if we don't uh, but I'm going to say instead Rob Gutman why has, why has this been the case what can we do better because I think one of the core things that's not getting picked up on really is consistency of selection and how bits and pieces that are outside the manager's hands so when the mentioned before of he'll come to Liverpool and obviously he'll get injured there is, there is actually a strong argument Stop signing lads who get injured, please. Firmino is injured this weekend, but he's a bit of an well, does talk he is, uh, but he's a bit of an exception. But for instance, a really good example for me is Dejan Lovren, who you know, who if you want, if there's one thing you want from you, yeah, your free flowing attackers, your wide players, they're going to get hamstring injuries you, you, in your head. You're sort of allowed for it a little bit, but you know, centre halves, you just need to be able to pick them. Yeah, it's it's funny. It must be such a. I can get. I can understand the temptation with managers. I mean, in, ideally, they should sign Suarez and Mane, who are both brilliant and both never get injured. That should be the that should be the profile. But then occasionally, yeah. Oh, I, I was thinking. Imagine Royce is up for grabs. Royce, the most injury prone player in the world, but he's really, really good. And what if he was up for grabs and he wouldn't ordinarily come to us because he'd go to someone like City or, or Real Madrid? But he, we could get him, and you get caught in that trap like a like a an addict of some sort. But your question was about why we haven't won back to back for since two sixteen. It was, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a simple reason: it's because we haven't been winning one. You need to win one to win two, um, and we've just been on a terrible, terrible run of form. We've only won two in two thousand and seventeen. Uh, after Tottenham, yeah, we should have won. We should have found a way to win at Leicester. After Arsenal, well, that's now. So. I don't know. It might, might not be a fair inquiry to well, if we'd been winning lots of games and then not repeating the trick, then something else. Uh, Ali, without pulling the whole house of cards and me questions down around me, uh, as Rob just well succeeded denied. to do, um, it, the, the the consistency of selection is the thing that I'm sort of I'm wanting to push towards. It is the idea of of being able to say, right, lads. 
the right gap between games, the right sort of idea. You know, Liverpool have done well with one week. They have the Leicester game, and there's this huge gap that sort of hangs out there, and all that sort of stuff. They don't look fully fresh. I'm saying, but also it's the, it's being able to say, well, these are the lads who are playing for us, and, and I'll, I'll use Lovren again as an example because you look at Chelsea and every single game they play, Cahill plays, Aspilicueta, Quetta plays, and Louise play. Whereas for us, you know, Matt, all of us central defenders have had time off injured this season. Yeah, and I mean, I'm massively convinced with the idea that Jurgen Klopp is a complete genius. However. It does make me feel. I don't question him in any way. Wouldn't wouldn't want another manager, any other manager in the world. But you do wonder what is what is the firstly what's the injuries thing about? Secondly, what's the selection thing about? Because it's either either we've been unlucky or there's some technical thing that they're not getting quite right. And it may just be like you know it takes time to develop your managerial style with a bunch of backroom staff some of whom you bring some of whom you don't bring and I kind of wonder what's really going on here I mean that's one of my things is that you know and and, and this is players that he signed and players he's not signed in you know for instance Matip's come in and, and it, it hasn't been a lovely smooth ride for Matip in terms of his fitness yeah and and, and you, you could look at that Lovren again I'll use Lovren as an example it seems like I'm picking on him it sounds unfair but one of the frustrations isn't what he's doing on the pitch it's that he's not getting he, he's not putting back-to-back games together consistently across the season that's been the case since he's come in and this may well be when Rob's talking about you know as a manager you've got to make some decisions Ali's talking about you know the, your backroom team and then working with those players but you, it may well be that you end up in a situation where you've got to compromise on who you're going to buy when any everyone else can go and get lads who you're able to look at a strong injury record he does he does your 34 league games a season yeah I tend to agree I think if you're looking at reasons why Liverpool can put back to back games together uh, there are a number of reasons but in terms of personnel um, it becomes very difficult to do that if you can't get the same 11 12 lads on the pitch week in week out in terms of Lovren or in terms of the centre halves it's a position in the pit, on the pitch where you crave for consistency, not only from a performance point of view, um, but in terms of making sure the same lads are on the pitch week in, week out. You spoke there about getting 33, 34 games. It's absolutely imperative that your centre-offs are playing 33, 34 games together in terms of forming an understanding. If they're not, then that obviously starts to breed uncertainty. And in terms of Liverpool centre-backs at the minute, um, you don't know which pair they're going to start from one week to the next. Uh, you mentioned Massabsa, had issues Lovren has had a number of issues and looks like he's going to miss again tomorrow Clavin's been ill you know you're having to play midfielders in, in those centre-back areas and to be fair Lovren's not the only one there's been issues with, with, with Jordan Henderson of late as well uh, albeit until last year his injury record was pretty good the front three haven't figured that much there's obviously a number of issues where the front three haven't been able to figure that much until of late you know they had that period of probably end of or early November um, they kind of played Wofford and then they weren't seen together again so probably kind of end of Jan early Feb all those things when you when you compare it to Chelsea who are able to pick the same 11 same 12 week in week out it's obviously going to cause it's going to cause issues for the manager on the Chelsea thing, uh, it is it's a, it's a striking thing. I think you can point it out across everybody else. Rob, you've got the um, you've you know for instance this season Spurs. If Kane had been fit all season, they may well be six points, eight points closer to Chelsea. Mm. Uh, you're able to point at Arsenal's issues around Santi Cazorla, which has been an ongoing issue across three or four seasons. What I mean by this is that you breed these weaknesses in if you're not careful. Um, that you end up sort of as a squad embracing them, and there isn't actually an argument to however strongly sort of. To, to get rid of as many 
of these variables as possible if you are a football manager that you, you can end up sort of thinking to yourself well do you want this or not I'm not saying that Spurs should get rid of Harry Kane they obviously try and solve it by buying another centre forward but my point is that you can't say if you're asking Wenger for instance you can't say well we need to play someone like Santi Cazorla or we're in real trouble when you're able to then look at Santi Cazorla's injury records and go well you're not going to get to do that mate he gets injured a lot it's literally what he does as a footballer and this is something which you know you, you want to Cotton Ramsey and you want you want to build a you want to, you need to build a football squad on certainties yes insofar I, as you can Yes, you do wonder if it might be the end up being one of the, the the most innovative things a manager ever does. Maybe maybe there is a manager already doing that. We've just not spotted it because he's kept quiet about it. Who just buys the lads who are going to stay fit? Because I mean, you, you can look across any number of any number of elite managers and think they must they all fall if the, if it's a trap they fall into it because Wenger certainly does. He's he's had the, as I said Ramsey, Walcott, now it's Cazorla. Um, I mean, Chelsea's injury, lack of injury record is ridiculous. Even when it threatens to, something threatens to derail them, like Costa going off to China and having a sulk, that, that stops being an issue. Hazard gets injured on international duty. It, it's not an issue by the time he comes back or within a week of it happening. There may be something in the old adage whereby players who are winning at the top of the league tend not to get injured as much anyway, I mean, whether there's a psychological aspect. But I find that's a bit hard to believe in this day and age. I mean, all of this is like, not to like be completely and utterly boring about this then don't be <laughs> <laughs> all right how can i say this in a way that's not boring like this all of this is a very testable question right so surely hmm. surely someone within liverpool right now is going right let's 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 benchmark ourselves against other people's injury records and work out whether it is our buying strategy or whether it is something we are doing ourselves internally in-house or what it is like surely someone's got their head around some numbers on injury rates and whether there is something that is fixable about what we're doing that ought to be fixed i mean to me this seems like when I saw that news about Firmino today, I was just like, oh, for crying out loud, surely this is like, this is obvious. This is either a thing we are doing ourselves or it is who we're buying or some possible combination of both. Both, And we should be able to find it out and fix it. I think if you look at, the, for instance, the, the money that the very, very, and I, I think that money does play a part in this, the money that the very, very highest players go for. For instance, Suarez, one of the things you look at to be Barcelona is his injury record and so on and so forth. I think it is, I think people are testing it and people are having to compromise. Stop compromising. Uh, this is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk after the break. Uh, schools. Welcome back. It's the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk. Neil Atkinson, Ian Ryan, Alison McGovern and Rob Gutman with you until half past seven. But before then, we've got John Gibbons uh, and Josh Sexton have gone out uh, and they've done something like this. The Liverpool FC has launched a new community project called Red Neighbours to support local residents and schools in the Anfield area. Uh, as part of this scheme, over 900 local school children have enjoyed a complimentary match day at Anfield so far this season. John's written this down for me, by the way. Him and Josh went to visit two of the schools involved in the programme, uh, Pinehurst Primary School and Four Oaks Primary School and they spoke to teachers and students about their experiences of the programme and the positive effect it's been having on the school and the community as a whole and then John cut this together brilliantly frankly I was made up with it here we go I'm Stephanie Tasker I'm the head teacher here at Pinehurst Primary yeah Chris Farrell I'm a year six class teacher but also school activities coordinator we were guaranteed four games and, and, and the children all knew that if they were always good and their attendance was good they had the opportunity to go uh, or at least they, they were in with a chance of getting to go to the game, uh, but we've actually we've, we've managed to, to receive several of the games as well. The um, initial launch, we had two of the team players came and gave the tickets to the children for oh, the here? fence. Here, yeah, they wow. came here to the first one. Lucas Laver and Joe Gomez. Oh, great. Um, that was very exciting. The children really enjoyed that. In fact, I think everybody did, including the staff. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, all the parents were really 
really excited when they heard about that as well. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. So it must be great for you uh, in terms of working with the children. It's a real carrot, if you like, to stand in front of them in terms of behaviour, in terms of you know how, how they how they behave in school. To say, well, this this fantastic prize is there for you. It's massive. I mean, I, I think the last game we we went to the our year fours went to the Tottenham match. Yeah, uh, nine children. Eight of them. It was the first game we'd ever uh, ever been to. Wow. Um, we won two 0 and yeah. uh, the, I mean, I I've got my season ticket, uh, so I could kind of see them throughout the game, and I walked back with them, and they were just so excited. And I think all the children are really keen to go. So that it, it's having a knock on atten- um, attendance of the behaviour yeah. and. The, these little eager faces looking to actually will it be my turn to be picked for the tickets will yeah. my name come out the hat so yeah it's really exciting big yeah. initiative for us uh, people listening who maybe don't know the school maybe don't realise just how close Anfield is it, I was shocked even though I knew how, how much it kind of hangs over when, when, I, when I approached the school and so it's very important isn't it that the, that the football club looks to connect with the community and, and isn't just seen as this big building that could be a million miles away for, for it, all it is and they, and they always have but I mean this has gone one step yeah. further really but it's not just the football matches is it we've been invited to other events over at the football ground so there's been um, tours of the stadium we've been to the carol concert at Christmas mm. and various things like that that have been I mean uh, a few weeks ago now I mean, the, the, the new before the Chelsea game so the players got to go onto the new RFC coach for the Chelsea game yeah. on the Tuesday night the following day we became the first um, children to go on the uh, on the well first people to go on the bus other than players and management oh. uh, on a tour of the city I mean being able to sit on there was uh, it was quite an experience for them, you know, yeah. something they'll remember and talk about. Yeah. So. Absolutely fantastic, because I think sometimes football clubs, not, not just Liverpool, but football clubs have got a bit of a reputation as kind of being bad neighbours, really. You know, they're just there on, on match day and they bring a lot of traffic, but after that they kind of don't really care. But your your examples and your experiences, and you can only speak for yourselves, obviously your experiences are actually quite different to that, aren't they? Absolutely. We're, we're, we're delighted with the things that are actually going now. So, yeah, it's great. My name is Amelia and I went to the Leicester game and favourite Liverpool player, probably Gerard. <laughs> my name's Bethany, I went to the Liverpool vs Leeds game, my favourite player is Coutinho. It's the first Liverpool game you've been to? Yeah, the first Liverpool game and it's the first to see his stand and my dad was like, oh, he's seeing a new stand on it and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so your family's dead jealous. Yeah. <laughs> And Bethany, you actually went in the executive lounge, didn't you? So the Liverpool Football Club gave you tickets to you at the meal and things like that. And then Phil Coutinho was sat behind you, wasn't he? Yeah. So that must have made it even more exciting. Was there storage sat next to him as well? Um, yeah, Coutinho was behind us and storage was um, on the other side behind us as well. And did you get to speak to them? Would be nice. Yeah, and we got the signatures. Did you? So did the autographs for you as yeah. well? Fantastic. So does it make you bigger Liverpool fans because you've got to see the players and you've got to see them play? Yes. Yeah, because it was like the first game I've been to and then I, to be able for them to win and meet players and do all that stuff, it's like, it's more made me a fan. I am Daniel. I went to the West Ham match and my favourite player is either Coutinho or Sadio Mane. 
Um, I'm Thai and I went to the Liverpool v Man City game and my favourite player is Roberto Firmino. Thai, the Liverpool Man City game was really exciting, wasn't it? It was a really good atmosphere. Uh, your first Liverpool game you went to, um, it must have been a very exciting game to go. Yes, it was really exciting and I actually got to sit in the executive box as well. And the West Ham game, uh, Liverpool didn't win but uh, it was still the first game you went to so you must have been excited. Yeah, I was very excited. The atmosphere, I couldn't ask for anything better because it was really good. When when the players came here, was that was that an exciting day? Do you remember Lucas and Joe Gomez coming to the school? Yeah, um, and that's the day that I actually got interviewed by LCTV as well. Did you? So you're a media star, so you've done, you've done radio, you've done TV. So did you get to ask Lucas and, and Joe a couple of questions? Yeah. What did you ask them? Can you remember? I think, what was your favourite player and who was the best joker? I'm now joined by a group of year three children here at Pinehurst who are all going to their very first Liverpool game this weekend. Um, so if you could just go round the table and just say your names for me, please. Junior. Leon. Libby. Kaylee. Lexi. And I think I'm right in saying it is all your first Liverpool game you've been to, isn't it? Yeah. About this is the first year that Liverpool, you've been getting tickets to, to Liverpool games, so that must be quite nice that, that the club have given these tickets to you. And it's for the students who work hard, I think, and are good in school. So does it make you, does it make you sit up straight and work a little bit harder in school? Yeah, because um, I seem it's writing down the people who names. Yeah. And, and then I was saying to Leon, seeing on Sunday? Um, Katine. yeah, he's good, isn't he? Joe yeah. Gomez. Joe Gomez. Well, Joe Gomez came to the school, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I gave him a high five. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be 3-1. 3-1? I hope that, that they win. I hope that you win too. <laughs> my name's Becky Shaw. I'm the deputy at Four Oaks Primary School. And this, the Liverpool Football Club scheme has offered so many opportunities to the children they're living in the area, they live and breathe the football. Um, they they can hear all the players coming in, they can hear all the people going to the match. And just being able to experience what it's like in Anfield is a phenomenal experience for children who may not necessarily ever get that experience again. I'm, I'm Brady, I'm 11, and I'm from Forex Primary School, and I like Clan because he came, he gave us time to see him in our school. And what did you enjoy most about Anfield, Brody? Um, I like the, I like the colour. I like everything, really. <laughs> what was your favourite part about the day? Um, um, I like sitting on the seats. I like meeting Mighty Reds and I like singing. My name is Paige and I'm 10 years old and I go to Forest Primary School. And who's your favourite player? Clan. And what did you enjoy most about the day at Anfield? Um, the colours are dead bright. My name is Casey Lee, I'm 10 and I go to Four Oaks Primary School. My name is Robin, I'm 11 years old and I go to Four Oaks Primary School. My favourite player is Alana. And what did you enjoy most about the day at Anfield? Um, the different colours and like what the different players did. My name's Harrison. Oh, and I'm from Four Oaks. And my favourite player is Klein. What did you enjoy most about the day at Anfield? I just, it was all the opportunities, opportunities, um, and all the scores that came. My name's Jing, I'm 11 years old, and I'm from Four Oaks Primary School. My favourite player is Robbie Fowler because I had the chance to meet him. Great. And what do you enjoy most about your day on field? 
the food. <laughs> right, so would you all like to go to Anfield again? Yes! Great stuff from John and Josh there and everyone else who contributed that. Thank you very much for taking the time of Pinehurst Primary School and Four Oaks Primary School and Liverpool for letting us have the access, really, because we thought it was an interesting story. It was good of them to say, come in and do that sort of thing. We'd like to let you know more of what Liverpool are doing in the community when they're doing good projects. It's good to see them doing good work. Uh, this is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk. After the news, uh, I'll be talking to Sean Rogers about Burnley and then I'll get the views of the people currently sat in front of me. Welcome back to Radio City Talk, Neil Atkinson with Sean Rogers, as discussed before the break, to talk about uh, Liverpool versus Burnley this weekend and the Burnley approaching. It's you know it's worth pointing out Burnley haven't won on the road all season, Sean, and in fact they've, they've lost they've lost more than they've drawn. But what they've done, and it's something we talk about a lot, is that the manager he was chopping and changing a little earlier in the season, but he's pretty much committed to playing the four four two that he favours in every game, and he could argue. And it'd be interesting to see if he did. That one of the reasons why they've had the success that they've had at home this season is because they know this formation, they know this shape, they know the responsibilities. And if that means that they're going to struggle a little bit on the road, well, that's worth it if it guarantees them the results they need at home and Premier League survival. We've got two recent reference points on that kind of discussion, haven't we? Where um, Pochettino's brought his Tottenham team to Liverpool, and, and yeah, we did it ourselves. Kind of been lambasted a little bit about how open they were, how expansive they were, how high up the pitch they were, and how although Liverpool played really well against Tottenham, you know, if you were to ask Jurgen Klopp and the Liverpool players what you want them to do, it's probably that. Now, you look at the way Tottenham have reacted to that. And, and the way that they're playing recently, uh, and the performance against Everton as well, where I mean, you could argue a bit if they're a bit more ruthless, perhaps it's a wider scoreline. You then look at Arsenal, who, who came it came to Anfield last weekend, and it looks like certainly at the start of the game they've tried to uh, move away from how they normally play. They tried to do what is the right thing, perhaps in that particular game, but isn't the way they've signed those players, isn't the way the squads put together, isn't what they want to do. The following week. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that influences is the Munich result as an example, but it's not an easy thing for a manager and a group of players to do. So when you're Burnley, I do think that although this selection might be the same and tactics might be quite similar. To be fair to him, I think the one thing that is a bit different about them away from home, I think they're maybe 10, 15 yards deeper. Yeah. And everything else is pretty much the same. But I do think, you know, whereas at home, they might apply a little bit of pressure, say, to your centre-backs and particularly your holding midfield players. I think away from home, you see them sit a little bit deeper. I think the really interesting thing for Burnley this weekend is how the result from last week affects them and what that does to them as a group. Because they will have been on the floor and possibly still be on the floor. And it's a difficult one for a manager. Do you go in during the week? Like, I, as much as we like talking about Liverpool, I really like looking at the opposition and kind of what they do. Because obviously it has a direct effect on what we can course, and can't yeah. do as well. And I think, what do you do if you're Sean Dice? Do you try and lift those players and go, do you know what, lads? This is what being in the Premier League is all about. You go into Anfield, hopefully one of them nice kind of spring, sunny days. You've got nothing to lose enjoy it this is what we're here for at the end of the day we're not going to go down because of anything that happened to Liverpool today and do you try and take that view to give everyone a bit of a buzz and the enjoyment and the, there's no pressure you can take that stress away or is there not scoreboard pressure but league table pressure where you go look lads we need the points and if we have to fight and, and defend for a point we take the points which is a fair argument I'm not sure how much of a lift that gives you during during well, the week after after you know Swansea having a point and such a big relegation six points for them yeah I mean they look what like, do you do now well, I, think, I think one of the things that you've done all season and this is where it is interesting about you've, you've imbued them with that sense of well we're going to enjoy the battle 
And I think that's you know what you've seen from Burnley all the way through the campaign, the number of late goals that they've scored. Yeah. It's been this idea of we enjoy the battle, lads. So we're going to go and we're going to enjoy the fact that we're going to make the afternoon as uncomfortable as possible for Liverpool. Come what may, Liverpool do not get the run of their own gaff. That's, that's our thing. Now... How that happens and how that plays out is difficult. I think, you know, I think he's in a bit of a funny position at the moment, in a sense, in that I'm about to say something that's completely wrong, but they've almost got too many points on the board. In that, they're, they're not... They've not got enough to be saved. They've not got enough no. to be saved, but they've, they've, not, they've got enough to feel as though they can look at... The, you, you know, it, it is unreasonable at the minute to look at that, that bottom of the table now and feel as though it's three from four. Mm. But they could still do with getting another win and another point on the road in the next sort of month. Because what they don't want to do is feel that momentum come against them. Feel that sort of... that, 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 that They don't want to get, they don't get s- sucked in mm. at any point. But I agree with you in that before the ball's kicked this season... No, no Burnley player, the Burnley manager, he's not going, right, we need to get a point at Anfield. But what I think he will want to see when you're talking about the reaction is enjoy the battle. Don't make it easy for them. And this is where, again, all season, I think Liverpool have struggled, partially because of the free scoring ways, in a sense. What I actually think you'll see is I don't think Burnley will change the way they play at 1-0. I don't even think Burnley will change the way they play at 2-0 because what will be in Sean Deitch's head Sean, I'm glad that you agree with me but what I think will be in his head will be I don't want to get done for 5 or 6 here so I don't think there's a point coming I think we often say in games listen, let's see what they do at 2-0 and see if we can hit them on the counter I think they'll play the same football for 90 minutes unless unless something ridiculous happens I think they play the same football for 90 minutes and I I think right now if you offered Sean Deitch 2-0 he'd sit here and swear blind he wouldn't take it but quietly he possibly would he said 2-0 and we do all right. yeah yeah, I mean, even if it's nil-nil and we're peppering them and, and all over them, their players are still going to enjoy it. Yeah, in a perverse way, I suppose. No one enjoys Anfield three, four, five, exactly. even two. Sometimes there's no enjoyment in that whatsoever. So you're dead right in what you're saying. I I, I think it's going to be. I think the main thing is going to be how he lifts the players for Sean Dykes this week. They they've got enough about them, even despite their dreadful away record. Um, Gray's pace. Gray's been quite lively. Caused problems uh, Turf more early in yep. the season Didn't he it, They're going to be saying Look you know You can Set get in pieces be- Yeah they're going to be They're going to be saying Look you can get in behind This Liverpool team We can cause this Liverpool team Problems They switch off They always give you a chance At some point When we don't know But we will get it um, and, they'll, and there'll be enough To try and lift them Still I keep saying it The first 20 minutes You know I think With them having such a bad result Last weekend Um in the way that it came, I suppose, is actually worse than the result, to be honest with you. I think the first 20 minutes is crucial. I think there's a... We cannot... Against Tottenham and Arsenal, we've been fantastic um, in the first 20 and actually upped another gear, arguably, from 25 minutes on in both games. But certainly the first 20 minutes set, set the tone for Liverpool. And I think it's crucial that Burnley are not disappointed. If they're coming into this game wondering what kind of Liverpool's going to turn up, we cannot disappoint them in that first 20. And if there's any... Psychological chinks, and there's obviously ability issues. We are better than them, and in that first 20 minutes, we've we've got to have them think, and we've got to not disappoint them on that for me. And I think the, the crowd as well. If if it's not a great first 20, we all know what. Sadly, we know what the atmosphere is going to be like, and and I think that's then difficult for Liverpool to up a couple of gears. It's easier to up one to yeah. go and to go and move through the gears against Burnley. I just I think the problem is we don't start well first 20. I think it's like a 1-0 get-out job then. 
And that's not what any of us want. I think the first 20 minutes is so crucial. I'd be amazed if... I, I think there's been a sea change in Liverpool. I don't think it's a coincidence that since sort of Tottenham, we've seen real big 20s from Liverpool um, with and without the ball. And that's not really been a feature across the whole of Klopp's reign. I'm hoping that's going to be the norm rather than, than the exception. I, th- I think Saturday we've got to come out the traps lightning fast. Well, And this is where, for instance, the the, the, the switching setup I thought, against um, against Arsenal with, with Vinaldo maybe a little closer to Chan. You know, the, 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 I think the expectation is Henderson's going to find it difficult and also that quite possibly it's not one you're rushing back for. That You know, if it was United away, as we saw him rush back for United away, but Burnley at home should not, should not be dictated to whether or not Liverpool win or lose by whether or not Jordan Henderson plays, no. if we're all absolutely honest about it. And I think that's what the Liverpool manager will be thinking as well. So there is the idea of getting, you know, do you want him, do you want him, do you want him at 90% for City or at 80% for Burnley and 80% for Burnley, for, for City? I think we, we know what the answer is to that. I'd be, yeah, 100%. I think I'd, I'd be... Ta- he won't do it. I'd be tempted to throw Moreno in here. Um, I'm a, I, if I was Liverpool, I wouldn't worry this is the wrong word. If, if it was me, I'd be thinking, if we get a clean sheet on Saturday, we should, we should ultimately win that game of football. And, and the more we can turn the screw and press them in and not give them any belief, not give them a way out, um, I'd want to kill that pace on the break. And, and not knowing how, even if Lovren could make it, I'm not sure whether he will, It'd be a risk throwing him in potentially anyway. If you're looking at it potentially being Matip and Clavin, I just don't know whether you might need Moreno's pace. Clavin, Clavin had a difficult time at Turf Moor, and whilst it's a completely different ground and all the rest of it, um, I think it's important that they don't get out, that they're penned in. I mean, it's a mad example to use, but you saw last night with Barcelona as an example. Even top teams, I thought we saw a bit of this with Arsenal, to be honest with you, that if you can pen them teams in and they don't get that little breather, they don't even get 20 yards up the pitch, they don't even get the belief they're getting a chance, let alone a goal, it really is draining and it's hard on you. And I think, I wonder whether he might do something there with with Moreno or not. It's an interesting thing, you know, for instance, we saw Plymouth come and do that, but Plymouth turn up knowing it's the biggest game of their lives and they've got to get through this. Burnley are 27, 28 games into a league season. They are draining league season. The idea... But they're elite professionals as well. Even though you're coming up against better elite professionals. Exactly. It's it's still, it's not the same thing. It's just not the same thing at all as a process. And I agree with you on that. And the other thing is, you know, as I said before, I'd like to think that with that exception at centre-half, and I, I take your points on Moreno, you know, maybe he might think about doing that but he's he's committed to what he's committed to yeah, he's not going to do season. it I'm, I'm not 100% sure I'd do it but if we were sat there now at Melwood I would be going should we have a hypothetical conversation yeah. around it um, is the therefore and the, also Milner he's got to play against City Yeah, he's got to play against Everton but he gets the international break off, which is the bonus for because yeah. he's, he's retired from that. The next one on that is though it is you mentioned the quickness of the start, but it's also if they are going to stick with the four four two, and I, I I'd be surprised if he moves away from it. It should mean there's the ability to, for Liverpool to play in some degree of space through the middle of the pitch. It's going to be hard. That whilst they do tuck the wide men in, and they will be a really solid two banks of four with ten yards between them. What you would like to see therefore is Liverpool make the pitch huge with the full backs, but then have the, that sort of middle six being able to being able to ping it around with pace. Yeah, what what they normally do is they normally work in a zonal shape where basically their two centre midfielders aren't going to try and engage with ours and, and they're just going to try and sit, you know, 10, 12 yards in front of the centre-halves. And then what will happen is their strikers will try and screen, it sounds weird, but try and screen the front of Wijnaldum and the front of Chan so that Matip and Clavin may have a lot of ball but they're going to try and stop that 
from being fed in there. Now, does, the, Liverpool, I think, are guilty of sometimes being too narrow, and I also think they're sometimes a bit guilty in that in that little triangle, that little quadrant back there, I suppose you could call it, where too many touches, not moving the ball quick enough, not enough rotation. You know, we need to see. You know, Matip needs to carry that ball out, and Chan can drop in. Or Clavin needs to carry that out and Chan can bomb on Wijnaldum sit in as an example. And I think everything then will spring from there. As long as we've got the width, it's the speed of the movements and the passing there and protecting ourselves on the break. You know, it's no good Matip carrying it out. Yeah. And, and Chan not, not being in the right position then on the counter. So I think you will, you'll see them too. It's weird. You'll see them too doing almost attacking midfield the job in terms of trying to screen our players and then as soon as they win it they're going to break from there and that's going to be quite dangerous because the, the, Matip and Clavin are going to be a bit deeper and it's weird I don't think you're going to see them have any anyone to mark I think what they're going to have is runners and then that my only little fear is you've got a goalkeeper who doesn't want to sweep and as a centre-half normally that means you want to defend deep and you're not playing the offside trap and you don't really want a foot race with Burnley, to be fair to them. As dreadful as they've they've been away from home. Of course. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm still a bit fascinated with Mignolet as to, as to whether in games like this they'll work with them on the training ground and go, you have to play high, you have to be this you have thing to be, that you're the 11th quite, man. Yeah, this thing that you, you're not really. Or whether Liverpool just, just live with that and do something a little bit different. Okay, let's get back over to Alison Ian and Rob and find out what they think about the game at the weekend. Thoughtful that from Sean Rogers. Uh, always good to speak to him. Uh, you can get that sort of stuff that we do on the Tuesday review uh, through Tour Player, theanfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe for that sort of thing. When Sean Sean sums the game back up with us on a Tuesday, often with uh, tends to at the moment be Paul Cope or Ben Johnson, but I love variation. Uh, loads of good stuff on Tour Player at the minute. We've got a really big guest coming up in the next few weeks that we're really excited about. Uh, but in general, uh, it's worth five pounds a month anyway. I'd say what else are you doing? It's I could say it's only five pounds. But I'm sick of doing that sell. It's fantastic, to be brutally honest with you. I love doing it and also think that the people who come and talk to us about football are brilliant and that on the whole, the standard of the shows recently has been second to none. So thanks to everyone who's contributed to them. What I'm saying is that I'm not going to say it's worth £5 because you get loads and loads of shows, though that's true. I'm going to say it's worth £5 because you get the very best Liverpool Football Club content because that is also most definitely true. Uh, moving on then to talk about the Burnley game as Sean just did. Uh, Ali McGovern's furious that Firmino's injured. Uh, she seems to be seeing it as some sort of massive flaw uh, that everybody at the club should be should be hanging their head in shame about. But um, is there a creative solution or is it just lash Origi in? Um, oh, who's looking at me? Who's, who's meeting my eye? Oh, Rob's bouncing. Go on. <laughs> the answer is A, lash Origi in. This, uh, we don't have any choices. Is there a more creative solution? No, there isn't. I mean, the, the, it's another exemplar that the, that the squad isn't that big and is going to need to get a lot bigger. I'm quite looking forward forward to seeing Origi I think he's I think there's a good he's, he's, he's close to a good game I feel um, against Burnley it might slightly affect their preparation that we've had to have this disruption I, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's a disaster where, where it's uh, where it's not good is we've got nothing left on the bench now and you know notwithstanding Adam Woodburn's precocious talent and ben all Woodburn. that Ben Ben Woodburn I will call him Adam's Adam. his Adam <laughs> was Adam in East Enders or something Adam Woodyard yeah that guy. Ian Beale yeah yeah Ben 
Little Ben. Um, no, we're standing. Ben's, ben, Ben's got a Remember all this stuff about how good the content is and that, that the stuff <laughs> is. Phenomenal, wasn't it? It was honestly, I gave it the big yeah. one. It's a roller coaster, this content. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, anyway. Um, but but everyone's nothing, going, yeah, I, keep, I do that all the time. There's nothing off the bench, is my, is my point. I'm labouring here. There's nothing off the bench if, if, if Origi starts. Doing something creative would be the maddest thing, I think, but, but plausible. But uh, Wijnaldum in the, in the front three, but then you've literally got no midfielders left. So that won't happen. Um, everyone says how thin the squad is, Alison, uh, but this is where I feel a bit. Well, Liverpool have four lads, maybe Mane, but you'd have th- four lads you may be comfortable playing s- central, as a central striker. One of them's Firmino, and if he's injured, he hasn't trained all week. The manager might still gamble on him. Uh, the other one's Sturridge, um, he's out. Uh, the other one's Danny Ings, he's, he's, he's missing, presumed something. Uh, so you, you, I see a lot of him on in- Instagram. Does, has he got a strong Instagram game, Danny Ings? Uh, well, strong is, you know. Depends which, way you, depends which way you look at it, but he's got a regular Instagram game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely regular. And I always sit and think, yeah, gosh, you play for Liverpool, sort of. Um, yep. Uh, so then the fourth one becomes Origi, and so it, it isn't as though there aren't at least options here. But it comes back to what we're saying before about obviously for them to be proper options, they've got to actually be fit footballers. They have, and. I guess my frustration is that it do, it starts to feel like even if. I have no idea and no way of knowing. It starts to feel like that something's not quite going right, which doesn't give you a lot of confidence, which feeds into my worries that there's something that Klopp knows that there's a reason for him not to be confident. And then, oh goodness! But what would what would what would be really good is if actually, you know, we have we've got a decent squad, even if it's not huge. And actually, if we could just like swap people in and there'd be a bit more um, consistency even despite that I mean up front that should be exactly what we're doing anyway so absolutely you know this is the converse um, conversation to to Lovren like up front like this should be perfectly reasonable acceptable thing to do swapping people about up front it should be. I mean, and, and this is. Uh, I think he might take a chance on Firmino. I don't know about it, but it, it is. Again, it's what you've grown up watching Liverpool managers do: uh, is, is swapping people in and out in attack. You know, and we, and we haven't done it very much this season. When we've had the front three, the front three have played, and you know, fair play to Firmino. He's probably got had the strongest fitness record this season. So if he just ends up missing two games, then all the best. But Ian, you know, I, I grew up watching uh, some combination of Yari Littman and Emil Heskey, uh, Robbie Fowler and Michael Owen are going to play. Uh, you know that. You should be able to. You should be able to cope with this. But sadly, too often this season, if the front three, who are the front three, haven't played, Liverpool haven't gelled and flowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, Neil. I think. I think if there is a player, he he will risk it. Will be Firmino. He's done it before, where he's taken a couple of knocks and he's still played. And because he is so key in terms of how we play. If you, I take Rob's point as well. If you don't play Firmino, then you, you almost are forced to put Origi straight in there, which then means there's oh, there's hardly any options from the bench unless you're looking to one of the young lads potentially would burn Ojo if he makes the bench, although he hasn't really been seen for a while. It's and it's the relationships um, with him as well. With Firmino, it's like it's it's not so much. Well, it is obviously his personal skill, but it's also what you see from him in terms of the, who he's linking up with, the kind of understanding that he seems to have in terms of the awareness of of the others up there, and you know, it may, maybe that's part of the reason for the consistency is he's clearly got like a, a kind of strong well, idea of what he's trying to do and how he's trying to do it with others. But this is and this is why I think if he, if he's if if Coutinho's eighty percent, he doesn't play. If Sturridge is eighty percent, he definitely doesn't play. Rob, if Mane's eighty percent, I suspect he may not play. You wonder if that if for the reason Alison says there, if Firmino's eighty percent, he might think you know what in terms of being able to bring other people into the game, I'll gamble on an eighty percent Firmino when I might not on the others. You might get, I don't know, I, if he hasn't literally hasn't trained all week, 
I, I think the the biggest gamble he'd do is put him on the bench if he thinks he, he's got a chance of playing. Um, we don't know the nature of the injury. He's a mad right? sub, though, isn't he? Like, I can't quite get my head around. I almost feel as though if he's on the bench, he might just think I'll give him 60 and take him off. Right, but yeah. I, and I say there are very few players, because one of the things is he's a bit of a mad sub. I don't quite know the game circumstance where I think, oh, I could do with a bit of Firmino. Like, if we're getting beat, mm. then I don't quite, he doesn't come on and play up front because you keep a Rigi on if we're getting beat, you presume. So if we're drawing, we're looking to get a goal, similar scenario applies. And then if we're, if we're doing all right, but he's still only 80% if we're winning the game 2-0 you know, you're not going to bring him on yeah. it's, for me it's a ma- it's, it, I could be wrong on this and I'm so often am but you know it could be that I, for me it just seems a bit of an odd one to have on the bench well we've just not been used to seeing him as a substitute I yeah, yeah, think yeah. so I think it's, we don't know what him in for 20 minutes impact sub looks like although you know he's a, he's a sophisticated footballer he could cause he could cause team all sorts of problems and you know what I have, a, I have a suspicion we might see him as a sub more next season because I think we'll have a bigger squad and more attacking players and therefore he'll, the, the, the rotation Will I mean that happens? I'm I'm going to bet against Firmino not starting an outside chance of the bench, but um, no, it's just it's not going to work that way. You think he's going to start? No, no, no. I don't think he's going to start. To be, I, I think, oh, sorry, Rigi's going to start. Yes, yeah. sorry. To be, yeah, yeah. To be fair to Klopp, I mean, he is a massive believer in you need to have a certain amount of sessions in you before he gets yeah, yes, to the first exactly. team. If there is an exception to that rule, it possibly is Firmino. There was a time across the Christmas and New Year period where Firmino looked to me like he was he was crying out for a rest. He looked he looked well short, but Klopp still persevered with him because he is key to how we play. Others like Lallana, same. Although Lallana is mm. less robust, he, he does tend to kind of leave him out if there's a niggle. Um, it'll be an interesting one to see whether he goes with him or not. Um, no, Henderson, uh, Ian, go back to you. On it. it shouldn't be a problem uh, in terms of the fact that if we if we lose against Burnley because Jordan Henderson's not played, then we've got serious issues. Um, it, it's not to, not, not, not to downplay what Henderson does for us in terms of moving the ball quickly, but you'd want to think that we you know we should be very much on the ball, very much playing football, even if they're deep lying, very much playing football in front of their back four and looking to move them around. I wouldn't want to give the footballers excuses is sort of what I'm driving at. No, I agree. It shouldn't it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, although when you touched on it there, Neil, when, when Henderson hasn't played, um, especially at home, uh, and he hasn't missed too many games this season, um, we, there is a lack of moving the ball at a certain tempo and there's a lack of agency and I thought Emery Chan probably had his best performance last week um, against Arsenal but when Emery Chan's playing against the big sides you tend not to worry about him too much because tactically he's very switched on and he goes out and he takes direction well and he does what Klopp wants him to do when you are playing a team who I would class as a lesser team in the Premier League who are going to come and sit in Henderson can be quite important because he does move it quicker his range of passing is stronger than Chan's that said you're playing Burnley, who have picked up two points away from home all season. It shouldn't be the greatest issue. And if Liverpool can't see Burnley off just because they're missing Jordan Henderson, then there's obviously there's bigger problems on the day than just that one thing. Um, but as I say, you want Henderson back sooner rather than later. And when you go to, to City the following week, you'd certainly want him in the eleven. Yeah, it, it can't be about personnel at this stage, I think. Mm. Liverpool have to have the the will to win. They have, the, they have the, the quality in the squad to overcome any side that Burnley put out. We just want to see Liverpool start. We were saying this week in, week out with a certain intensity so that they hit the ground running and don't give Burnley any yeah. time to think about the, it. The psychology of it should be fine, though, is a scary place. Yeah, I know. The, <laughs> the, the, the intensity one is, 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 is key, Rob, because I, I don't think... You're never going to get a... 
You're never going to get a Spurs performance week in, week out because no football team plays that way for 38 games. But what you have to have, you have to be more aggressive and less passive than what Liverpool have been against some of these smaller teams. The first 20 minutes is key. If you give these sides a chance to get into a rhythm and settle and gain confidence and try and play for set pieces, using the two big guys up front, they've got folks, they've got Gray, they're a physical presence. You could see them trying to rough the centre half. So, you know, similar to the way, the way Stoke did with Crouch and Walters, and they caused us problems for the first 30 or 40 minutes. You don't want to give them that opportunity. So, for me, it's about Liverpool showing intent, first 20 minutes, being aggressive, high tempo football, loads of vertical passing, but loads of movements as well. And if it doesn't come off in the first 20, you don't panic. You don't suddenly start throwing balls in uh, into the box like we have been doing in some recent games. I'm a big fan of putting crosses in, but they've got to be crossed with purpose. Getting to the byline, pulling things back, and getting men in the penalty area. Uh, very, very, very quickly, if we get into half past seven predictions, Rob Cutman. 2 0. 2 0. Bob Bauer, Ian. 3 1 to the Reds. Alison. 2 1. Liverpool, presumably. Yes. Excellent. Uh, thank you very much to Josh, to John, to all those people at the schools, to Alison, to Rob, uh, to Eric, who's just walked back into the studio, to Ian. Uh, it's been quite the cast of thousands this week on the Anfield Wrap. Uh, have a great one. Very much enjoy your weekend and very much enjoy Liverpool against Burnley. Sports Social Podcast Network.